liberty lockdown please scan your barcode your liberty ain't gone but yeah it's on hold where did it come from and where did it go it requires a fight not tweeting from your phone don't need a king get him off the fucking throne if you're riding with the thought you've always got a home the virus is scared of will come and it'll go the government knows this don't get treated like a hoe Welcome, everybody, to another live stream edition of Liberty Lockdown. It is Tuesday afternoon in sunny Miami, Florida. Welcome. I hope I'm warming up your bones and whatever. By the way, my air conditioning's fixed, so Beanie's back. Uh, today, I have on Tom Luongo. We're going to go deep, okay? We're going to go deep. Uh, I've, I don't know if I've been recommended a guest more than Tom. So, obviously, there's a, a ton of overlap in our coverage a lot of people think that he can help me connect some additional dots that perhaps I'm missing. So without further ado, I'm going to bring him in. But I do want to say this episode is brought to you completely ad-free. The reason I'm doing that, one, I want to show support to the audience. You know, Thank you for supporting me. Thank you for continuing to tune in uh, every week. It, it Obviously, it enables me to do what I'm doing, and this is what I love. So you're basically allowing me to do what I love. Um, but also I wanted to say I have two consistent sponsors. I would like to have three. So if anybody out there is particularly of a libertarian variety, that would be my preference. I like to help out our community. Um, if you have a product that you would like to market, I'm doing, you know, 10,000 plus, uh, listeners or views per episode. So you get to reach a very significant market and a, and a pretty specific one. And it's like the prime demographic, 18 to 35, 18 to 40 male primarily. I think I have more female listeners than any libertarian podcast, though, percentage-wise. I would bet you. Anyways, <laughs> if you guys want to, uh, email me, libertylockdownpodcast at gmail, and uh, we'll see if we can make something work. Without further ado, the man of the hour, the great Tom Luongo. Thank you for joining us, sir. Thank you, Clint. Good to be here. So you're in Miami? I am. You have female listeners. Dude. I know. Like, you should have a good life. So I do. I do. <laughs> uh, FYI, I'm actually going to be in Miami this week. I'm giving a talk at a um, at a, an investor summit at the, the at the Re Hyatt Regency, something like that. I can't remember where the, the oh, Overs cool. Invest, uh in Miami. So I'm going to be there Saturday morning giving a talk on geopolitics, and then you know after that, God knows what's going to happen. So because it's Miami, right? So yeah, no, I hope you have a blast, man. Well, I might I might try and make it out there. That'd be cool. All right. Um, all right so uh, I wanted to start. Uh, you know, basically, this is going to be a very freewheeling discussion because based off of all the advice I've been given about you and myself, you know, colliding, uh, I don't need to give many prompts. I think it's just going to be very conversational. But I would like to um, start off with the the new prime minister of uh, of the UK. <laughs> oh, you mean uh, you, you mean uh, what, uh, Rishi Davos? Yeah, like, what's the Davo, Davos Tunak. What, how I, I'm not, I haven't come up with a I haven't come up with a pet nickname for him yet. He hasn't been in the job that long. And you know, considering the fact that they really just want to move Keir Starmer of the Labour Party into his position, I've just not really given Sunak much of a second thought at this point. So we're going to have four uh, British prime ministers within a year to book that. Oh, interesting. So you think he's oh, yeah. he's going to be in the? Yeah, he's just he's just on the, another stopgap. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. We'll, go, look we'll, at the poll, go look at the polls in Britain, and it's very clear that Labour is now up like I don't know fifty to twenty-two or something like that over over the Conservatives. And now the latest polling has, hey, Indy Ref two, we should get back or not Indy Ref two, but um, the remember during the um, uh, during the Brexit talks, we need a a new referendum 
to invalidate the original Brexit. Well, that's now polling 6139 or something like that. So, mm. um, you know, not that I believe, you know, not that I believe British polling because there's lies, damn lies, statistics in British polling. But, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm just, just saying it. So, you well, know, that's, me, that, but that situation is is clearly what the, the World Economic Forum is doing. They're now going to use the, uh, the, the Bank of England and the uh, UK Treasury as a piggy bank to keep the euro and the euro bond market from from completely collapsing, which is they need to because the yeah. Fed's trying to kill them. So, yeah, well, I, I have a similar read on that. But let, for the audience that's not familiar, let me sh- uh, show them just a minute clip of Mr. Sunak. Oh, God. Today, I'm proud to say that under the UK's presidency, the group of the world's seven most advanced economies, the G7, is launching a set of public policy principles for retail central bank digital currencies, CBDCs. Central bank digital currencies could be a digital version of money, a bit like a digital banknote that could be used alongside physical notes and coins. Unlike most of the digital money people use daily today, it would be issued directly by a central bank, like the Bank of England in the UK. And governments and central banks across the world are working together, looking into what having a digital currency might mean in practice. This includes issues that people care about, such as ensuring users' money would be safe and secure, that it could work with other ways to pay, would be energy efficient and available to everyone. A potential CBDC could offer businesses and consumers new ways to pay in the future. It's all part of the wider story of digital innovation that has delivered benefits to millions around the world and in the UK. The decision on whether to launch a central bank digital currency is for each country to make, and no G7 jurisdiction has yet made that choice. These decisions raise important questions about the reshaping of our economy, financial systems, and the way in which people interact with money and payments. That's why working together and careful evaluation with our international partners is essential. In the UK earlier this year, I announced a new joint task force between the Treasury and the Bank of England to look into a potential CBDC as a complement to cash and bank deposits. <laughs> We're also hearing from firms, technology... Are you trying to torture me? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, dude, I mean, I got 20 seconds. Oh, let's have, with a smile, like he can't actually smile because his face is plastic. Um <laughs> You know, uh, dude, seriously, the, the retail and, and, and I and I'm glad he used the word retail. Because look, Swift, which is the wholesale money market for all intents and purposes, wholesale payment layer, is 120 years out of date. It needs to be updated, it's terrible, it's 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 inefficient. Um but so a wholesale central bank digital currency, a wholesale, you know, uh distributed ledger amongst you know, and, 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 uh, what the, so what I'm looking for, Thomas, come on, um, um, uh, lockdown database, a secure database. Thank you. Um, it's not a bad idea. Like seriously, let them, if they want to play amongst themselves that way, that's fine. If they, if they, and the, and the, and the primary dealers need to play that way in order to, 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 to get rid of the T plus three settlement and all the rotten nonsense that goes on and great, but we don't need that for us. Because right. what they really want is to tell you, no, you're not, you know, the thing about the CBDCs he's not telling you, of course, is that they're programmable. Mm-hmm. Which means that, of course, they can decide, well, you know, your social credit score is not high enough or your Apple Watch is telling you that your blood pressure is too high. So, you know, we're going to cancel or we're going to, you know, we're going to deny you 
payment for that pizza that you wanted or whatever. And like these people or, are, or I listened to your most recent podcast episode and no, you're no longer allowed to bank with us. <laughs> well, they're already doing that. They're using Visa and MasterCard and the BOFA for that shit. Like true. Um, but it would be a lot easier if they could just. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. Cause it's just centralized control. You do away with the two tier transmission system of monetary policy right. and you just, you know, collapse it into the central banks and the people. And that's another way of saying, you know, the people and their overlords. Yeah. Well, the, the reason yeah. I, I bring him up is, uh, I mean, it's interesting that you think he's going to be uh, conveyor belted out of there real quick. But uh, the fact that he even got in and they're not having a real election to have him uh, named as right. prime minister, it, it tells me that he was the chosen one. You know, that he's, oh, without a doubt. Oh, no, he's yeah, preferred. No, so without a doubt. Without so you think doubt. that through the electoral process of some sort, he's going to be replaced by someone else? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The whole part, the whole he whether Sunak, who was. You know who is certainly Davos loyal, and I'm sure that he and the Great and time. the um, uh, you know and his cabinet and the now very happy Bank of England and British um, civil service and all the rest of are going to work overtime now to you know tear down what's left of Brexit and institute whatever you know, whatever architecture they need, and then they're just going to put in you know a blander version of him in the form of Keir Starmer. Who's you know effectively going to be run like Tony by Tony Blair in the same way that you know the sock puppet Joe Biden has his, has Obama's hand up his ass, and mm. it's nothing new. So you know like Joe Biden isn't president. Give me a fucking break. Like it's no, not of even. Course. Yeah, of course not. So no, I mean, he, he's not even. He's not even. He's not even cognizant enough. of where he is for Christ. I don't, I don't like, think he's even. In, like, yeah, you know? I don't think he's in charge of what he watches on TV at night. He's not doing any any decision making. That's for sure. Um, so. It's interesting. You you said that the uh, you know the the Bank of England is being fucked by the Fed or by the U.S. more broadly. I guess um, what? Well, obviously, it's, the, the, it's, they, it's, it's, I think it's a little bit more complicated than that. It's very clear that the Federal Reserve is at the heart of at the old global financial system. Yes. Okay. So now let's just you know and, and you know we're libertarians. We hate central banking. I hate central banking. I think I think a corrupt money begets a corrupt society. We have a maximally corrupt society because we have maximal amount of of uh, government and uh, and corruption of everything that we do, and we don't have a value system. Uh, we don't have a monetary system that transmits value. We have a trans. We have a monetary system that obfuscates value, mm-hmm. while all the wealth and all the profit from our activities, which is supposed to re- be remit back to us for using the you know using our labor in a comparatively advantageous way, you know, just basic Austrian economics 101. Um, no, all that profit is sucked up by uh, the oligarch class, the Rishi Sunaks and the Kirstarmers and the Klaus Schwabs and, and all the rest of them. And they like that system. And, and most of Wall Street likes that system. But the problem is that the system that Sunak is talking about and everybody else and, and all the Euro trash commie faggots that we're dealing with over and, you know, uh, over there. And those neo-colonialist assholes are saying, well, again, that's nice, but we want our colonies back. You guys have, we allowed you to run the world on our behalf post-World War II to rebuild us after we, you know, fucked the world um, during, you know, during World War II, which was the the whole point of World War II. And it was a failure. It was to destroy the Russians. Um, Yet another British, you know, um, crown operation to destroy the Russians and take their wealth. It failed. The Russians threw 27 million people at the problem and said no. After, you know, all the after all the Western banks made Hitler into who, who he was. And we go from there. I'm, I know I'm not supposed to say this stuff out loud, but <laughs> oh, well, 
<laughs> Please so continue. We're, we're replaying the same <laughs> shit again today. This time there's no Churchill around to guilt us into a world war like he did the first fucking two. Um, you know, that's why I don't smoke Churchills. Um, <laughs> I don't smoke anything well, larger, longer than five and a half inches around and, you know, right, you know, right around 50 or 52 ring. Well, it's interesting you say that there's no one around to guilt us into World War III. It, what what it seems to me is that instead of being guilted into it, we are being virtue signaled into it. Oh, where yeah, absolutely. They're essentially just allowing people's um, desire to be accepted socially and, yep. and the, the social media kind of displaying your allegiances, this, this incredibly bizarre new social proofing way of living that that's how they're actually going to bring about support for it. It's interesting because it doesn't seem as if there's really much will for war, like the no, actual, really like, like what war no, really not. is. There's not. Have you looked at the poll? No, I know. But, the, but verbally though, like if you ask people, like, do you want to go to war with Russia? Like, no, it pulls terribly, but do you want to support Ukraine indefinitely i would imagine it pulls decently well at least probably yeah, it does around. pull decently well but they don't yeah. but you know but the but the the question is at the next the, they never asked the follow-up question at what cost right because <laughs> well, they don't want to they don't want us to think much about are it. you willing to support ukraine well right. you know no i'd like to see ukraine beat back the russians because the russians are evil and blah blah blah, blah. okay that's great are you willing to spend a hundred billion dollars next year to you know you're willing to spend one seventh of the defense budget on top of the already outrageous defense budget we're spending right to do that well and and, and, and like and you know and then and then all of a sudden they have to do math yeah well and then, then and, like then they just at that point they have no fucking clue as to what to do right yeah so. then then you also have to consider like the additional inflation that will likely suffer because of it the uh you know cost of oil gas all that that will be problematic well yeah because now everyone. because now the every strategic resource has to be has to be has to be shunted towards the war economy, right? Right, just like when during World War II, we didn't get any butter. There was no copper. There was no nothing. Right. I mean, nickel and copper. No, oh, sorry, copper was in such short supply during World War II. We issued nickels that actually had silver in them hmm. wow. from 1942 I... to 1945. They're called war nickels. Yeah, they're 35 yeah, yeah, yeah. percent silver. And oh, by the way, they make good junk silver. You should buy some. Everybody should have should own a couple of rolls of them. You can get them, you know, in any decent gold dealer. Should have a yeah. couple of rolls of those, just like because they're cheap. You can get them at you know, even in today's market, just over spot. So, um, no, absolutely. And I don't. And, and the, don't get me wrong. We are being guilted into World War Three. Uh, there's just not a Churchill around to do it. Is okay. the only now we have like Soros and Schwab right. and so Ursula there's no char charismatic we Germans. Now we have Germans like guilting us into World War Three. Like how how fucked up is that? <laughs> Well, like, it makes you wonder what side we are in that war. I mean, a lot of people, a lot of libertarians already, uh, you know, question what, who, who the good side was in World War One, World War Two. But uh, I think in World War Three, it, it it would be very unclear to me who is the good side. And I think that's been a a a, a big but, and honestly, there's no good side in any of these wars. No, there's never a good side in war. It's like everything else. Yeah. It's like you no, know, don't like you know my 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 partner Dexter White gets in trouble with my patrons all the time because they're very. They're very pro-Russian in the same way that I have been in that I believe Russia is fighting this from a um, from a civilizational perspective and from a cultural perspective in order to, you know, put their 
their cultural foot forward and saying, look, this is it. This is as far as we go. We're Russian. Fuck you. We're not going to be assimilated into your, you know, your, your, your multi-culti schna. schna. Mm-hmm. We're just not doing it. <laughs> and whether you like it or not, I don't care. Like, and, um, and it's very clear also that Putin understands what the real fight is. And I, I've, had been, I've had many a, a conversation with, like I just did one over the weekend with Alexander Mercurius over, uh, over Iran, um, where we talk about all of Putin's mistakes vis-a-vis mm-hmm. his soft spot for Germany and a soft spot for Europe. Um, and his strategic understanding that if you cleave Germany from the West, it is the ultimate form of insurance against Russia ever being invaded by the West. So that's why he put up with Merkel's nonsense, why he put up with Minsk too. It's why he, you know, tried to negotiate with the West for all these years, even though he, what he should have done in, I was thinking about this this morning. I was writing um, the next, I was writing for my, I was, I have a secondary gig with Newsmax and I was writing that issue, the draft of that issue this morning. And I said, when I was thinking about it, I'm like, you know, 2022 would have gone a whole lot differently if Putin had just gone in and been as aggressive with Ukraine in the first month of the war, the most first two months of the war, as Powell's been at the Fed trying to drain the euro dollar market. If I never dared to dream it being, so I was doing a re- review of 2022 and you know having having to go up at a boy on this total up the at a boys and the oh shits right, right. Um, and of course in, in 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 any kind of rational calculation like this. A thousand out of boys is is thrown and especially in investing, you know, is canceled out by one oh shit. Well, you know, here's the oh shit. I didn't expect there to be a war over Ukraine. I expected everybody to strut and peacock strut around and 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 virtue signal, but then ultimately because it was never in really Europe's best interest to have a war on European soil, which is why they're so angry with Putin, because he just went there. Even mm-hmm. though they were expecting to have that war on their terms, now they're fighting it on his terms. But what Putin should have done was literally drop three quarters of the Russian army on Ukraine, along with Belarus, take Kiev, put, bring Zelensky out, shoot him in the head, and be done with it. It's what he should have done, hmm. metaphorically speaking or otherwise. You decide this is war, so I'm not even gonna like. This isn't about you know. This isn't about you know. I'm not bringing the non-aggression principle in here. I'm just I'm just you know bringing speaking out my Sicilian, m- my inner Sicilian and my inner mafiosi and just saying, look, this is what I would do. Yeah. If or or mili- military tactician. War, this is how I'm going to fight it. Fuck you. You know, I'm going to kill your children. I'm going to kill your family. I'm going to kill everything. That's it. It's over and done with your move. Because what would have happened is there would not have been the opportunity for there to be this crazy uh, attempt now to grind the Russians out in a war of attrition. Right. That the neocons have it has been the neoconservative wet dream going back to the 1990s. Well, my, my my thesis as to why he didn't do that kind of a blitzkrieg style, you know, just take everything and and demolish everybody, um, was because he does have some affinity for the the Russian heritage that exists absolutely within Ukraine. Does. So okay, absolutely so does. is that is that why he oh, didn't? Yeah, no, he, you're 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 you're, Clinton, you're absolutely right about that. And okay. I'm just telling you, had he done it the way, well, the way we prosecute war. OK, with knowing full well that the Federal Reserve was going to start coming in and, and maybe he didn't know what that the Fed was going to do this. Maybe he didn't understand, because really, if you look at the situation today, Europe is being, the European Union and Davos are being torn apart at the seams. You've got Jerome Powell on the one side destroying the euro dollar markets. Everybody's screaming for the bailout. Oh, my God, you got to stop raising rates. Oh, my God. It's just, oh, I'm like, no, fuck you. Seventy five basis points. 
on the eve of an election, they're going to raise 75 basis points. Yeah, okay? it's it's wild. It's nuts, right? And then on the other side, you've got Putin going, uh-huh, that's nice. You don't get any gas. You don't want our gas oil? Great. You're not going to get yeah. any. Oh, by the way, you can buy it from the Chinese and the Indians for 20% over what you would have paid for from us, or actually 40% after right. they refine it and put it back on a ship and then have to charge you shipping and insurance for it. <laughs> yeah, so, and then it's not then it's And not then the Indians oil. and the Chinese are very happy about this because they're making money hand over fist. The Indians, which normally run a massive energy trade deficit, are now running can now like offset some of that. Well, the, the interesting part is, like, I think a, a big part of the incentive for, for Putin to take Ukraine was that he was getting basically you know, he was kind of being extorted by using the pipeline that ran through Ukraine to get his, his product to Europe. So he's like, he's like, look, if I'm going to be extorted by Ukraine in perpetuity, or if I'm just going to be temporarily extorted by India and China to, you know, repackage my export and ship it over to Europe, then fuck it. I'll do that. Um, it's well, I mean, it, and then the other side of this, this is the funny part. I tweeted out this morning. I don't know if you saw this or not, but there's an article this morning about, you know, uh, saying, well, you know, I was on Bloomberg or whatever, fucking Reuters, or whatever. They were like, oh, well, they're running out. The the the, the Russians are running out of uh, out of runway now. Be- when the EU's ban on Russian oil and and gas goes into effect on December fifth, because they're not going to insure, because Lloyd's and all these people are not going to insure, um, you know, tankers holding Russian oil, which is yet another reason why the WEF had to get control of um, Ten Downing Street because. You know, at that uh, point, you have to make sure that Lloyd's London knuckles under and, you know, presents the 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 united front. The only way they think that the only way they believe that they, and they're right is to, you know, get the Russians to the negotiating table from through, via economic strangulation is to cut everything off and just and they figure they can do that because now Germany has enough gas to get through this winter and that they're hoping that with an uh, with an increase in the operational tempo moving the 101st Airborne Division into Poland and Romania, which will maybe stop Putin in the spring from trying to take Odessa. Got news for you. He's proving that he has a hell of a lot more Kinzals and, you know, he's got a hell of a lot better missile production than anybody gave him credit for. Because he's still, because they're still throwing 40, 50 of these things a day, right? Mm -hmm. Three weeks, you know, two weeks after they started the, they, they, and before they started the upgrading, uh, the upgraded bombing campaign of, of, in, civilian infrastructure in Ukraine after the Kerch Strait Bridge bombing. Now, how long he can keep that up for is up to anyone's guess. And I, you know, I, I have people on both sides of me saying, "Well, one thing, and they can do this indefinitely." And on the other side, they're like, "They're going to run out in three weeks." I, you know, I don't, I don't know what yeah. to believe anymore. I usually bracket about fifty percent either direction. I believe the Russians probably can make twenty of these things a day, and they're, you know, they're using, they're, they're going through the stockpile, and but at the same time, they can also put the whole co- economy on a war footing, upgrade the whole thing, and and double their capacity. Right, because a lot of the things, a lot of what they're throwing at this point isn't terribly, um, isn't terribly uh, sophisticated from a materials perspective. Therefore, the sanctions don't really apply. And of course, between India, China, Iran, and everybody else, happily wanting, happily being able to give them, you know, access to their manufacturing prowess to make this stuff, make the arms for them. Like, are you kidding me? Like the Russians can't, you know, get this stuff, can't get these things up, these armaments you know, secured by a third party. Yeah, um, no, I think they can. It's dumb to think that they can. So, yeah, the the alliance, so, the, the BRIC alliance is growing stronger as... Uh, so it, let me give you kind of my so, thesis. So There's one thing, just to finish the point, I was, I was I got off on a tangent. Clint, I do this all the time, unfortunately, <laughs> which is the following. If anybody thinks that, that um, 
anybody understands anything about the shipping industry. They're all levered to their tits. They mm -hmm. all have a 90% loan. To, they all have, you know, they all have a debt to equity ratios of 90% or higher. Okay. You don't, no one buys a Suez Max tanker with cash. Mm -hmm. Okay. No one. Every shipping MLP or every shipping holding company you've ever seen has a terrible balance sheet from a, from a, you know, a conservative investor's perspective. Why? Because the ships are usually put under long-term charter. They're not even, the new build isn't even started until they've got the financing and the contract, the long-term contracts in place in order to get the financing in the fucking first place. So I got news for you. Almost every one of these companies cannot afford to have their fleet utilization drop below 90% capacity. Mm -hmm. Therefore, got news for you. Gonna Ships ship. are going to belly up to the freaking ports and they're going to figure out how to get this done. And all you're doing is adding depth to the newly formed Russian shipping insurance industry and the now quite robust, relatively speaking, Iranian shipping insurance industry, which has been building now for the last eight, 10 years since Obama first cut them out of the SWIFT system. Mm -hmm. So, like, I'm not saying that these things are as deep and as liquid as City of London or New York or anywhere else. That's not what I'm saying. But I got news for you. There's a whole lot of money out there looking for cheap and, you know, wanting to get into the cheap industry of shipping insurance. So what are the Brits going to do? Blow up oil tankers in the North Sea? Because they're the not ones if, pushing this shit. Yeah, well, maybe, unless they, if they, they want their, if they want their people to riot, they could do that. But, uh, I mean... I think that there is a breaking point and I really feel as if, you know, the World Economic Forum, the Western governments are kind of pushing it to the limit to see, you know, what our breaking points are. And I feel like COVID was kind of a trial run for that to see like, okay, how docile are these idiots? And they found out we're pretty fucking docile. But the, the truth is, but, and not, I think, but the Russians and the Chinese, but the Russians and the Chinese and the Indians and the Saudis at the government level have all also seen who they are now. There's mm -hmm. no longer this opportunity where they where we can talk out of both sides of our mouth. It's like, oh no, look, it's really not that bad. Look, after you know, after the election, I'll have more, I'll have more flexibility. Yes, yes, Dimitri. Right? I, I, you know, I, they can't play that game anymore. Mm -hmm. Like the 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 hard 180 that India did in November of last year was fuck. I don't know if you got. I got freaking geopolitical whiplash. Because the Indians under Trump were re and, and Modi were, were really like, eh, I don't know which side I should be on here. Hey, how about you grease my palm? Or how about you grease my palm? You know, they were playing that game. They were playing the same game. that Modi was trying to play the same game as India that Erdogan in Turkey plays like you wouldn't fucking believe. Like, right. don't play that play. I hate the game. That guy's brilliant, right? <laughs> I mean, he's an asshole and he's a fucking lunatic and he's a mass murderer and everything else. But from a game theory's perspective, that guy knows how to play the game. Well, yeah. I, 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 I'll be totally honest. I haven't paid much attention to India. So if you could make that explicit, please do. Sure. Okay. So what happened? So here's what, here's, here's my thesis about India and COVID. So under Trump, when Trump, when it was clear that when there's the possibility that the United States would become more, a little bit more nationalist, would become a little less, you know, I don't know, internationalist in that respect. And Modi for a long time was like doing all the Davo stuff, Right. Bill Gates was showing up in India all the time. He was part of their vaccination campaigns and all of this stuff. And Modi was, you know, he was the conservative in sheep's clothing, the rhino, the globalist rhino version of a leader for India. So now then COVID happens. 
than the clot shots. And he looks and he sees how virulent the campaign was to stop the production of cheap mm-hmm. pharmaceuticals, right. mostly made where? In India. India. Yeah. Ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine. These are all made in India, by the way. These are all generics made in India. And then those were used locally to treat and and cure millions of people in India. Allegedly. And these people went out of their way. Of course, when I understand, in upper, the doctors in Upper Pradesh were treating everybody. I know, no, I, I know. I know. I, I'm, I'm saying allegedly for YouTube's sake. Okay, sir. Allegedly. I'm sorry. You're, you're absolutely right. We're on YouTube. Oh, shit. I'm sorry. I didn't mean, I thought we, I, I haven't done a, haven't done an actual honest God YouTube one for a while now. But yeah, so allegedly everybody was cured of COVID using, you know, vivermectin and hydroxynonoquin. And so, like, at that point, and then the clot shots started happening. And then Putin was willing to give um, Modi the opportunity to make Sputnik V, Sputnik V, right? Now, there's problems with Sputnik V as a vaccine, but Putin, like Trump and everybody else, was sold that this was going to be safe. And I think even Putin now regrets vaccinating large swaths of the of the public. Though Sputnik V, as 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 the vaccines go, is far less dangerous than the Moderna Pfizer shot. Hmm. More on the longs along the lines of the Johnson Johnson shot, which was similar, a, a, a two factor, a kind of, kind of classic two factor um, non spike protein, two factor. It would be nice if Trump would reflect on it as Putin has, but he hasn't done so. Oh, yeah, I know, but it, he's Donald Trump, and you know, there's no known cure. So <laughs> there's no no known cure for being which Donald is a, Trump. Which is a line from the old, which is a line from the old, old, old the original British coupling, which is just hilarious, and I can't, I can't help myself. I use it everywhere. It's fucking brilliant. This <laughs> is Jeff, and there's no known cure. I'm like, oh, <laughs> guess what? It, 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 you know, so, um, so I because you notice how. In the, I, I don't know if you, so Modi turned on a dime when Putin showed up in November of last year. And all of a sudden he was there, Putin was there for like five or six days while his, while the intense negotiations were going on to try and stop the run up to any further escalation, which, you know, eventually led to, oh, there was a whole flurry of diplomatic activity. First we had um, Victoria Newland went and then uh, Robert uh, the former CIA director, Robert Burns. Okay. Yeah, Robert oh, Burns yeah. showed up. That bottle, everybody was running to Russia to try and try and end this thing. And then the Russians come out a couple of weeks later with their with their published red lines and their and their proposed new treaty, which the of course we threw in their face. But during most of that, Putin was in India for eight days, signing tens of billions of dollars worth of manufacturing deals, um, uh, um, um, military deals. Uh, pharmaceutical deals, oil and gas deals. Well, I mean, all, the the breadth of of uh, of the contract signed was immense. It was like yeah. twenty eight new projects. Wow! All that groundwork, by the way, was 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 laid at the Chennai Vladivostok Economic Forum earlier in the year, or hmm. earlier in twenty twenty one, because India's been desperate to always have 
their own seat at the table. They're desperate to like always want to be the leader of Asian, the Asian integration thing. And that's part of that part of that. A lot of that came from the U.S. But Hmm. the minute it became obvious that the Indians were being sold down the river, Modi flipped immediately. And then and right after that, the all the lawsuits against Bill Gates for um, the vaccines and all this other shit that he'd been you know, all these mass murder, you know, he's being, tra- he's being sued or he's not allowed back in India, by the way, because there's all these lawsuits about him being a mass murderer, you know, yeah, so are heard. going forward. And, and Modi had to sign off on all that. None wow. of that, none of that goes forward without Modi signing off on well, it. Well, so, see, the, it seems as if all of these, the, the kind of the COVID hysteria, the response to it, there has been a kind of a, a divide that's come from that uh, along with the economic sanctions that we've used both against China and Russia. And then, Mm -hmm. as you were saying, we were taking kind of the generic uh, medicine production market and destroying that uh, in India. It it seems as if we basically created the bipolar world. Like it it was like, okay, the bipolar world. I like that. That's good. Yeah. I mean, but like both in a psychological (laughs) sense and in a literal one um, and a geopolitical. Like I said, I like that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we now have, you know, the BRICS uh, with a handful of other countries uh, versus kind of the quote unquote West. Um, is that is that the alignment for World War Three? You said earlier that you had expected this to uh, you had expected the West to move on Russia on their own timeline. Timeline, Yeah, absolutely. When, I think that's when, clear. when was I, that? I think, I think the timeline was supposed to be early March. And I think that they were the Russians have said this like we expected. Our intelligence told us that the that the Ukraine was going to attack the Donbass in Ma in on Moss in early in mid March. Oh, interesting. So they they and so they preempted it. that by going first, right? Because right. Putin's an old because like everything else, Putin's an old martial artist, and the first thing you learn in martial arts point sparring is go first, go first. Right. If you want to score that point, go first. Not that I was a much of a point sparer, but even <laughs> then, even just free sparring, uh, you know, I, I studied um, traditional, you know, back alley taekwondo for all lack of a better term. Like none of this, none of the shit that you see at the Olympics. This is the stuff that the Korean government, you know, wanted everybody to be able to beat up a Japanese, you know, occupier in a back alley in Seoul. Um, (laughs) That's what Taekwondo was originally designed to do, Mm -hmm. right? That form of Taekwondo. That's what I study. You know, we used to call ourselves the junkyard dogs of (laughs) of the martial arts scene. And and in Gainesville, Florida, there used to be a quite a diverse and robust martial arts community. And Whenever I told anybody that I was studying who I was studying, they were like, "Oh, okay, you're serious." We used to fucking hit the crap out of each other. I mean, it was not. It was... So, so, so Putin yeah. tries to to basically not get put on his back foot by by moving first. Uh, obviously, that allows the he Western. Didn't want it. Yeah, yeah, he, he didn't, didn't want the war. But it allows yeah. the Western. It allows the Western narrative to make it, you know, aggression as opposed mm-hmm. to defense. So, I think that that's interesting that he would make that i mean honestly i think no matter how it played out it was going to be portrayed as russian aggression poor ukrainian victims no matter what so i guess it didn't much matter they would have they would have set up a false look the brits would have set up a false flag first blamed it on the russians and then gone forward like that's not gonna be I, I should ask no, you that. Zelensky you, goes to the friggin' the Munich Security Conference, or Kamala Harris goes to the Munich Security Conference on one day, says, I think Ukraine should get nuclear weapons. Then, you know, Zelensky is invited there, and on the, the February 23rd, he says, I want nuclear weapons. So on t- the February 24th, the Russians invade Ukraine from four different directions. Like, hello, <laughs> why? 
So, so is there any truth to the um, the narratives about the false flags, the the dirty nuclear bombs that we've been hearing rumors of? Do you know? I think that they're absolutely the. I think they're absolute reality. The Russians have already um, exposed like half a dozen of these things. Not dirty bomb. Not as bad as a dirty bomb, but certainly. A number of these things, like the whole bombing, the Russians are bombing the Zaporizhian nuclear power plant, which they control. Right. Dumbest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. No, that Maybe was the dumbest thing I've ever heard other than, you know, Liz Truss being prime minister of England. But <laughs> well, hey, yeah. so do you think do you think that they might actually detonate a dirty nuclear bomb to justify Article five violation and, and pop this thing all, all the way off? I am not going to put it past these people. Nothing is off the table. They are facing an existential threat to their power. These are the same people who have been continually in power for hundreds of years in Europe. We're talking about the British crown. We're talking about the Rothschilds. We're talking about all those people we're not allowed to talk about. The Dutch (laughs) banks and the Italian, the old old Milan banks and the Swiss banks. We're talking about all these same people. Old money families. Old money, old colonialists. Why? Why is this it is such an ultimate, existential... This is their ultimate gig. I mean, they're they're facing the end. They're well, facing the end because their system has to be morphed one more time into a system further divorced from reality. I.e., we opened the show with Rishi Sunak and the retail central bank digital currency. Yes. The point of the retail central bank digital currency and how they're going to sell it to us is this: you can already see it. They're going to offer us full debt jubilee. They're going to they're going to destroy. They're already destroying the sovereign bond market in Europe. They've already destroyed it. It's what QE was for. It's what Target 2 is for. It's what the ECB is like practically designed for. It's a bad design, but you know, so what? You know, never let an opportunity, never let a crisis go to waste, right? So what they're trying to do now is destroy the European economy and blame it on the war. They have to have the war as a cover story, okay? For a system that's going to just collapse anyway, hmm. because the and I think the Fed is acting like Putin, and they got there first, and they're going first, and they're forcing the moment to its crisis on the Fed's terms, not on the ECB or Davos's terms. Davos wants a war, wants the United States blamed for the war, wants a, actually the United States in a two-front war with Russia and China. Jesus, okay, because that way they can destroy us from within they've already done they've already tried to do that with the um with selecting biden creating a a false democrat majority in the house because the democrats should have lost three seats in new york they both harvested three seats in new york that they didn't earn everybody forgets this i honestly i was totally unaware Oh yeah, I, I watched all that shit really carefully. Like the last, the the all the way up until like January, up until January sixth, for Christ's sake, they were still boat harvesting in New York. They still hadn't called these races that were on election night where they were like fifty three forty seven. Hmm. So big gaps. Interesting. Yeah, and they and miraculous all turn for the Democrats. <laughs> Mirac- it's it's like it's a fucking mirror. It's like it's a festivist miracle. Like, <laughs> so what? Why you say that uh, Davos and by Davos I kind of take it as the World Economic Forum folks 
and uh, the neo-colonial, the old colonial money that sure. backs them, right? Sure. And by and by the way, I mean, look, don't you know? I'm not stupid. I I look. I know that Henry Kissinger created the World Economic Forum. I'm not dumb. I know that there are American, you know, actors within the WEF. I know that Kissinger is desperate. George Webb is going out there talking about that they want to put a pipeline in through Odessa. Into that's what they're. That's what the whole point of this whole thing is. I'm like, no, George. That's only one very fucking small part of it. Okay, seriously, dude, get the fuck over yourself. It's yeah, you're right, but I got news for you: the Russians will never allow a pipeline uh, from uh, from Turkey into Odessa across the Black Sea. It's not going to happen. Period. You get you took South Stream away from them, you motherfuckers. You really think you're going to get anything into Odessa? Go fuck yourself and call, and we'll call it even. Like that's not happening. Well, you want to know what Kazakh's belly for for Putin looks like? It ain't Ukraine getting nuclear weapons. Fuck that. He could he could take that shit off the table tomorrow. It's like that's not happening. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, not after all because he understands that you have to break the European Union. The European uh, Union is California writ large. It's the it's this monstrosity of terrible legislation and regulation that's meant to be the baseline that everybody else has to adopt right here in america it's every bad idea comes out of california and travels east because california has all the fucking power politically on capitol hill right and you know for and and so everybody writes their um their legislation that, that writes their production manuals their ops manuals and and all of this stuff and it's just easier for them to make you know, making California specific cars, okay, maybe. But everything else, now nah, fuck it. We'll just make it all the California standards and then we know that we're good for everything else. What do you think the European Union does with all this shit? What do you think they're still fighting over for Brexit? It's about the it's about all the the goddamn rules. Mm-hmm. Okay? That's all they care about. Because they really do believe that if they control the rules and they control the money, then they control the world. Sure. And that's been proven to be pretty accurate. Um, yeah, so, up until the point where like 3 billion people say, you know what? Fuck you. Right. You're, three, no, you're 500 million people and most of it, and with a birth rate of 1.4 and you're all God and you're all fucking inbred. That's the way they're <laughs> looking at the frigging Europeans at this point. Like, Fuck a whole lot of you. <laughs> well, you can't I, even I, control I, your children and keep them from like throwing baked beans on frigging works of art. <laughs> Oh what the fuck's wrong with you? As a matter of fact, you're paying them to do this. <laughs> I shouldn't be laughing, but it is pretty funny. Uh, I mean, I mean it's, it's, it's exactly what the, they're saying in places like uh, Ironland. I agree. Okay? I totally, I'm sure like, that's how they view it. Um, real quick, I gotta, I gotta get clear. More. <laughs> I got, I gotta get clarification from you on this because mm. you're making it sound as if the the World Economic Forum Davos crowd, old money crowd, is in opposition to the Federal Reserve. I find Absolutely. that hard to be- I find that hard to believe, given that Absolutely the Federal Reserve true. was look founded by. But it was found- who is most right? Who's most okay, Clint? I'm going to walk you through it really quick. I, I've, Please. I've I've done hours and hours on this, and sometimes I have to spend thirty to forty minutes laying out the argument and laying out the evidence, which I don't want to do today. No, no, no. Well, no, I, no. You, I, I just and I, not because I don't want to do it, simply because I've done it better. And I'm in. I'm not in the mood to do it today, unfortunately. Now, and I think I've done it better in recent interviews. So anybody who's of course who's not convinced today, I'm just going to tell you. Look, I, I have done this for now a year and a half, and I didn't even want to believe this was, this was true when I first realized it. But here's what's going on. Let's, I'm going to just walk you through the incentives. I did this on Tom Woods' show about a month, about two months ago. Perfect. 
I already we've already established that the Federal Reserve would wind up being a subsidiary of the IMF mm. once the world goes to a central bank. Uh, it goes to any kind of retail digital currency. Rishi Sunak is lying to you. That would all be done at a national level. Well, that's the plan. That's part one of the plan. And then when everybody's governments collapse because of the rampant inflation for adopting MMT by a central bank digital currency. And oh, by the way, the carrot's going to be debt jubilee for, for you. Um, but you have to accept the total surveillance and 100% tax compliance in real time. Right. And the end of I've, cash. I've always assumed that just a UBI would be adequate to get people to accept it. I mean, if we're in a harsh enough Maybe. recession... Maybe. Yeah, well, that's what they're trying to. That's what they're trying to to engender, right? Right. That's what right. they're trying to bring about. Now, but who is when you look at the landscape of the central banks, and you look at the landscape of the four major blocks: America, Europe, Russia, China, of the four main players at the table. Okay, who's the most vulnerable to rising interest rates? I don't know. It's easy. It's Europe. Okay. Why? Because Europe's been at the negative has been at negative below the zero bound at negative rates since 2014. Yeah, that's true. Okay. As of as of two years ago, as of a year and a half ago, 14 uh, anywhere from 10 to 14 trillion dollars of European sovereign debt was trading at negative yields. Okay. So now, all those bonds are way overpriced. Negative yields, high bond, high bond prices. Right. Okay. So if the Fed starts to raise interest rates, what happens to everybody else's interest, uh, everybody else's sovereign debt? It all has to go along with it. Mm -hmm. Credit spreads have to be maintained relative to, you know, their, uh, the, 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 the validity of, you know, the, everybody's confidence in that debt and the currencies. You either have to allow like said, the bond markets are just going to follow the whatever the Fed does. Why? Because most of Europe actually doesn't run on their own currency. The euro has right. been destroyed as a savings instrument. It's been destroyed as a reserve asset. So the euro dollar offshore euro dollar markets or offshore dollar markets, otherwise known as euro dollars, are actually where all the lending is done. It's where all their power is. It's in the, it's in the euro dollar markets. That's where that's why the Fed always winds up having to pivot, because when the Fed starts raising rates and the cost of euro dollar starts to go up and all these loans that are that are dollar denominated start to go south because people can't afford to service the loans at higher at higher rates because now right. they're they're we're getting an economic slowdown we're getting this now they're you know they don't have any money they got to go get dollars in the they got dollars in the open market they can't afford them the dollars are more expensive blah 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 the whole thing so you get gearing on the way up and then you get reverse gearing on the way down. And we all know with leverage that whatever it gives on the way up, it, gives, it takes back twice as fast on the way down. Sure. Hence the pension crisis in the UK a couple of weeks ago. Now, I believe that that was an operation by Davos in order to bring down Liz Trust. It's a little, that's a side story, but the well, basic mechanics of how it was done or why it was possible to get it done was already in place gotcha. because the because the UK pension systems were bereft of yield and the only way for them to get yield was to go and lever uh to go get leverage take on leverage bets derivative bets against the uk guilt market now here in the united states our pension systems are not leveraged at all we don't have a whole lot of ldi style leverage derivative instruments uh, investment products stuffed into calpers and into you know the illinois 
state yeah. pension funds. They're all well, they, just they may not be terribly leveraged, but they are incredibly tied to you know the stock market. So if we have a oh yeah 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 yeah. Don't, don't, yeah don't don't get me wrong. I'm not there's there it's vulnerable in other vectors, but it's not right. vulnerable on this vector. Yes, okay? I got you. Okay, so let's just. Let's let's try and because if we start like bringing in everything, then it just starts to get lost. No, no, no. So no, let's no, just please. let's just focus on the interest rate part of this. So yeah. as the Fed starts to raise rates, now there's two other things I want you to I want there's something else I need you to to realize, which is that in Europe most of the debt is bank debt. Company wants to expand their company wants to expand. They need a loan. They go directly to the bank and they get a loan. They don't issue corporate paper. They don't issue stock. Okay. They don't do. And if they do, you know, they may issue stock, but they don't issue corporate paper like we do. We have a very robust corporate paper market here in the United States. Hell, it's half the reason why the Federal Reserve was created in the first place. Hmm. Right. So, you know, Apple writing, you know, one writing bonds at, you know, one one percent or one and a quarter percent or whatever they are. And they're selling them into the market. So if Apple gets into trouble, not that Apple's in trouble, but just let's just use Apple, for example, if Apple gets into trouble and, you know, their balance sheet starts to degrade and, you know, they're having problems servicing their debt, blah, 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 blah. What happens? Bondholders of Apple's bonds get made whole by diluting the company. Right. You cancel the debt, you issue them shares, the share price goes down, the problem is solved. The existing shareholders get fucked, but that's the way things are. Someone has to get hold the back. Okay? Yep, always. That's what's going to happen for a lot of the companies here in the United States. Interesting. So the, in just, Europe, it's directly when the bank, when the when the company can't pay, and now it's the bank's problem. So right. now you have a mechanism by which all of this is going to fall apart very quickly, which is why Lagarde at the ECB is absolutely um, terrified of credit spreads blowing out. Basically, German Italian spreads, U.S. German spreads, U.S. Italian spreads. She's trying to manage all of that, and she can manage all that, but she has to sacrifice something in the process. The euro, which is why the euro has dropped from beginning of the year from $1.22 to, 90, to a low of 95 cents recently. Now, what took put me on this idea was last summer, and I've written about this and, and I've talked about it ad, ad nauseum. Last June, on the same day that Joe Biden and, and Putin were meeting in Geneva uh, to stave off World War III at that moment in time, mostly because the Ukrainians weren't ready to fight the Russians, so we negotiate a ceasefire. The Fed raises the reverse repo payout rate five basis points above the Fed funds rate. Now, mm -hmm. I didn't think much of it. Nobody else did, except that in the, in the ensuing 24 hours, the euro dropped three cents. Interesting. So the war was already three on. Three cents. Yeah. Three cents in a currency market at that moment in time were three days or two and a half days. No, it's an very, immense move. And very rapid. if you look at and if you look at the chart of the euro, because I'm obsessed with I, I've always thought that the euro was going to be the first currency to fall. It also threw a, a, a weekly technical reversal signal and blah 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 by the way I way I do my charting and everything else. Because I do both geopol geopolitics, but I also do intense market analysis at the same time. I do sure. it mostly behind the paywall for my patrons, twice weekly, twice weekly market reports, and I spend half an hour twice a week going over the charts of things like gold, silver, Bitcoin, the Euro you know, sofa versus LIBOR, all this shit that I'm now I'm playing with oil, the Dow, all this stuff. Right. So, and then anything that my patrons ask me to go over. So I'll give them a cold chart read on a stock they may need. So I saw that and I went, okay, what the fuck's going on? Why did the Euro drop on this, this thing? Also the reverse repo balance went from about $450 billion 
to $1.7 trillion by Jackson Hole in August. Jesus. Now, it's a big what's move. a reverse repo? Now, why did this happen? Why was the reverse repo facility even holding a standing balance of $450 billion? Well, all the money that was printed during the CARES Act to, and we gave out as UBI and stimulus, people were keeping in their bank accounts. The savings rate in the United States went to 33%. Right. Hell, the Fed freaks out and starts doing QE when the savings rate gets above 7.5%. I got a 12-year, I got a 14-year chart of QE starts and stops based on the savings rate in the United States. Every twist and turn, every moment of when they've started and stopped QE, it's all based on the savings rate because they're Keynesians and they believe in the paradox of thrift. Yep. It's really simple. The Fed engages in QE when the savings rate gets high. What's the savings rate right now in the United States? It's at four and a half percent, and it's falling. Yeah, I would say it's low. <laughs> it's <laughs> for really sure low. So yeah. there's no advent. So there's no there's no QE on the horizon. Everybody talks scre screaming QE. The Fed's going to pivot. Everything else. That's all people talking in their book. That's all people talking Davos's book, saying you can't. You have to stop doing this because what's happening is the euro dollar markets are drying up. And they're no longer able to set monetary policy for the Fed. Because what's always happened in the past is, like I said before many times, that in the past iterations of this, all of our debt was indexed to LIBOR. The British crown has always had control over its colonies through the debt markets. So this is basically a, an attempt at, at taking the old banking power away from Europe and moving it to... The Federal Reserve. Absolutely. Now, okay. why? How? What's the mechanism? I had this in my head for six months, and they're like, I don't have a mechanism as to how they're doing it. What's the catalyst? What's the what's the fulcrum on which this entire strategy rests? Four little letters. Same, four different letters than the ones that, why did we not get inflation after Bernanke printed all this, this money after Lehman Brothers? In that case, it was IOER, interest on excess reserves. All the money was printed, stuffed into excess reserves on the Fed's balance sheet, never circulated, no inflation. Nice and simple. I was screaming this for years while I was at Newsmax. I'd go to conference after conference, and I'd be and like, oh, I don't understand why there's no inflation. And I would write on cocktail napkins to my friends, I-O-E-R, and i pass it to them. And they're like, oh, yeah, you're right. I'm like, yeah, it's just that simple. And by the way, Gary North, God, you know, God rest his soul saw this coming a mile away back in 2008 and all the other austrians were wrong and he told me and he said it flat out he said all the other austrian economists are wrong they're all getting it wrong every one of them bernanke is not going to let this money circulate therefore there will be no inflation there may be stagflation which is what we got right we got a low we got a small we got a we got a, a mild version of stagflation for 10 years he was absolutely right yep right because north was because North was right about everything, by the way. <laughs> really <laughs> funny. So, and I remember, the, like, I'm like, yes, Gary, I'm a good paddle on. I'm going to draw, I'm going to make the little tail. I'm going to grow out the little tail and I'm going to look like, you know, you and McGregor and the Phantom Menace. I'm, I'm okay. I'm doing it. All right. <laughs> so, um, now, what's different about this issue? So, in with LIBOR, with all of our debt index to LIBOR, if LIBOR starts to blow out because the British banks get into trouble because the Fed's raising interest rates or the Italian banks are getting into trouble because the Fed's raising interest rates because, you know, an Italian cannoli maker is going, tell, is going tits up and he's not paying his bills. And that's, and now Unicredit's got a, they've got a Texas ratio that looks, that's, you know, vanishingly close to, you know, infinity. 
that's you know trending towards infinity. Now what? Mm-hmm. Well, whatever what always happens, all the debt over here is indexed to LIBOR. Your credit card rates go up. Your adjustable rate mortgages go up. Your right. car, your adjustable rate car loans go up. Your your revol- your credit revolvers. If you're a fracking company out in the Permian basis, all of a sudden goes from four percent to nine percent. What the fuck's going on here? I can't I can't service this. And eventually, the Fed has to then pivot, has to back off on interest rates because everything is indexed to LIBOR. Ah, welcome to the British Crown, still having control over its colonies. Got you. Wow. Now, where are we today? Why are they still so fucking angry about Donald Trump? Because under Trump, the New York banks saw the way out. After, during Lehman Brothers, during the lead up to the financial crisis, they already had on the books drawn up all of the arguments and all them done all the research on the secured overnight funding rate to replace LIBOR. A secured, market-driven money market rate that would be for domestic debt only. Hmm. You could write futures contracts against SOFR, blah, 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 which is what we're doing now. So what happens during, during the Trump administration? Jerome Powell is recommended to him by none other than J.P. Morgan and Goldman Sachs to become Fed chair. And they get John Williams into the head of the New York Fed. And SOFR is put in, is finally put into practice after Geithner and Yellen and everybody else said no to it for a decade. Why? Because they're Davos. Got it. They're so that- they're destroying they're 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 everything Bernanke did. Why do you think they get the Nobel fucking peace prize? The Nobel Prize in Economics last week. Job well done. You destroyed the world for for us. Here right. you go. Here's your gold watch. Yeah, what you always wanted. Fascinating. That is that is such an interesting thesis because uh, SOFR is now a domestic rate that's no longer tied to LIBOR. So now, as of the beginning of this year, SOFR has been on a five year rollout, a four and a half year rollout, slowly but surely becoming part of the market. Now it's the entire market. All new debt in the United States is indexed to SOFR. Any oh, legacy shit. debt that is, has not been rolled over from LIBOR to SOFR will effectively not have a benchmark rate as of June of next year because wow. LIBOR is being drained of all of its liquidity. So what's what what's the end play here? Is the, uh, I mean, obviously the, the Federal what Reserve... is this. Here's the end game. The Fed can raise interest rates to wherever it needs to go. In the mm-hmm. beginning of the year, I told everybody, and anybody who would fucking listen, and no one would listen, the Fed has more room to raise than anybody believes. The question is whether or not it's going to happen. The reason why Powell was so late was because they played politics and giving him his second term for six fucking months. And when the Fed, when the FOMC finally elected him chairman pro tem, and said, you get to be chairman until until the Senate finally confirms you or not. But they had no, the, Biden had no option left. I get this pushback from people all the time. Like, wow, Biden allowed Powell to, you know, re-up Powell. Yeah, but against his will. When the, the weekend that Lael Brainerd and, 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 and Powell went to, to visit Biden in late November, early December last year, That was Powell walking in and saying, Joe, suck Satan's cock. You owe me, motherfucker. You work for me. And 
Well, get in fucking line. Damn. So so the, the Western banks are are dictating that Jerome Powell be the Fed chair to defend the dollar? Am I to hearing defend that? Defend the dollar, to defend the commercial banking system in the United States, to defend literally the last vestige of shit, the shit version of capitalism we still, the vestiges right. of capitalism we still, we still Cling practice on to. in this world. Yeah. And guess what? The Chinese are happy with this. The Singaporeans are happy with this. The Swiss actually want this. Everybody wants, the Russians want this. No one is angry about this idea. The only people bitching and complaining about it are the motherfuckers who have been freaking terrorizing brown people around the world for the last 600 fucking years. <laughs> Europe, Fuck okay. these people. So hold on real quick. So it, <laughs> am, I, am I, why is it, if your thesis is correct and it sounds very plausible, why is it that the U.S. is blustering as if they will defend Europe against Russia? If this because really Joe Biden is... works for Davos, he was put in place to destroy the United States. He's a vandal. He doesn't work for us. So the Federal Reserve is the New York banks. He's There's in a conflict fight going on. Janet Yellen is doing everything imaginable to try and do an end run around the, around the Fed. She's trying to implement MMT behind his and yield curve control behind his back now. Wow. Because is... Yellen is a good little Davos troll. Why do you think she was put there? Hell, at the beginning of the year, I was firmly convinced that they were going to get rid of Joe Biden and give us President Yellen, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Just to make it abundantly clear that we don't have any hope. Abandon all hope, ye who live here. Right. Fuck you, we win. I'm like, like I could just see Yellen winning. like Because they put Mario Draghi in, in, in Italy, for fuck's sake, to try and pull off the same bullshit. Because the, because the EU was getting ready to tie all the national governments to the European Commission through COVID relief funds Holy and their shit. new tax and spend authority that Merkel gave them on her way out the door. Wow. So the, here's an obvious question. <laughs> here's an obvious question that's very important. Say, say Biden is with the Davos crowd, which I grant you he is, and say he is sincere in wanting to defend Europe against Russia and we get dragged in through you know the deep state the central bank obviously the federal reserve is and it's not even vitally necessary it's it's mandatory that how do you have that they're on board to they don't have to be on board if you can get congress why do you think they need a war now they couldn't get build back better through they couldn't get the infrastructure bill through they got shitty versions of them through right they were more blackmail like the cares act Powell didn't want the CARES Act. Powell bitched and fucking moaned about it. What the, he said, what the fuck are you people doing? Yeah. That's why there's this constant debate like, oh, you guys well, want us to so, fucking lower and, rates? How about you stop spending like insane people? Right. Right. Yeah. We libertarians, like we were too, we, we've listened to Ron Paul. I love Ron Paul. I've met Ron Paul. I've, I, I, you know, I love Ron. But sure. we're listening to him a little too much when it comes to end the Fed. Because there's the fiscal side of the equation as well. Martin Armstrong has been banging on his shoe, his shoe on the table to all us gold bugs and all us Austrians for years, and he's absolutely right. The fiscal side of it matters. When Congress spends money, the Fed is, well, by law, has to deal with it. Hmm. The primary dealers have to deal with it. So the, so the Federal Fed Reserve gets is in conflict I'm not with saying our that own the government. Fed, I'm not saying that the Federal Reserve is a good institution. No, no, no. I know. I, I understand what you're saying. It's They're just, just a, acting in their own best interest. It's just a fascinating, you know, mental paradigm shift that I have to make to view it even in this fashion. So uh, I know. And it took me six months to even like 
And the minute I made the, the connection, I'm like, could this be what's happening? <laughs> I'm telling you, man. That Dude, is, I, that I, is... I, I, I felt like, I, I felt like, um, I felt like Bruce Willis at the end of the sixth sense. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> holy shit. I, I, oh. I see dead money. I, I see dead central <laughs> bankers. Like, I, oh my God, what the fuck? Right? No, seriously. And I, if I didn't have some brilliant patrons who know a lot of these people personally, and when I first got this idea in my head, I went to them privately in our, we have a private Slack server for my patrons where we sit and chat about all this stuff all day long. And I said, guys, I'm thinking about this. And I know some of you know, you know, have worked in finance. You're, 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 sure, you're, sure. you're close to this. I'm like, am I wrong in thinking about this? And one of them popped up and he said, they don't Damn. call him private equity Powell for no reason. Damn, dude, that, that is such an fascinating counter. And this is why your people wanted me to come on the show. Yes. I can tell why. Yeah. Well, I, 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 I and again, again, Clint, I don't give a shit about, I, I got, I know I'm like getting, putting on my smug face and everything when we do this, but seriously, I don't give a shit about that. What I care about is getting information out to the world to make, make people to understand, look, we may actually have some allies here because the hour's late. This is like fucking, this is like Sarah, Sarah, uh, Saruman's speech to Gandalf right before he starts attacking him. Right. Like the hour's late. Sauron's forces are already moving. We're, you know, we're fucked. Right. Like it's all bad. But, but. Yeah. There are people who are like, no. And I, I just said, and I've been saying for months now, I'm like, do you really think Jamie Dimon is going to turn over J.P. Morgan Chase to a bunch of Euro trash commie faggots? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I just don't. <laughs> I see Jamie Dimon going, suck Satan's cock. <laughs> Like make the little power triangle and go just like he did to Rashida Tlaib a couple of weeks ago, right? With the with the power triangle hands, and like, <laughs> because that would be because that would be the the that that would be you know uh, the end of the United States or whatever. Like I'm not doing it. Like and that, you, and that might be my favorite very carefully of all time. for the last year and a half. He's been saying this. He's been telling you this. The American banks in 2019, J.P. Morgan in particular, stopped taking European sovereign debt as repo collateral, which is what caused the sober blowout and caused the repo crisis in the United States in 2019. And it's what, and it was the start, that was the start of financial world war. Because that's why COVID, dude, they had to have an excuse to print trillions of freaking dollars to the Fed, to keep the Fed from draining the markets because the Fed was fully prepared to start raising rates in Q1 of 2020. No shit. I the shit then. I'm so, firmly convinced that's what COVID was about. And they well, needed to get rid of Trump. And then know, they needed you, to bla keep blackmailing the Fed with more spending we couldn't afford to destroy the United States culturally, politically, and specific, specifically economically. Because you and know, in November 19, November 2019, there was a liquidity crisis. The overnight rate spiked astronomically, and they they began, you know, yeah, it was September the, the September repo crisis. Or September, excuse me, yes. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, I, I mean, that thesis has been bouncing around for a while, and it certainly does play into this here. So, I. And then, do you think, and then do you, since then, no American bank will take European sovereign debt as repo collateral. The Fed, after they, they did the five basis point RRP raise, the next meeting, they said, oh, and by the way, we've now have a standing foreign repo facility. So if you have USTs and you need, you have US treasuries and you need dollars, 
That's fine. We can do a we can do a repo. Sure. Absolutely. Now the Fed has fine fucking control over all the euro dollar flow, all the treasury flow in international terms. They have better tools to fight this war than the one they used to fight the 2008 crisis. Different set of tools, different problem, different goals. This the goal in 2008 was to bail out the world after the American housing market blew up, which they created right on purpose <laughs> what's the goal this time goal this time is the exact opposite it's to fuck let you, the world europe. fuck yeah, you let... europe fuck you king charles um we declared independence in 1776 we won the freaking war in 1789 and you people have been trying to get their colonies back since fucking cornwallis surrendered at yorktown <laughs> oh my we're God. gonna win this one this is wild this is absolutely wild. This is the way I see the world right now. And the people who are have the most power within the United States power structure, oligarch structure right now, not the not the lieutenants who are on the National Security Council, not the idiots like Pelosi and you know who are and, and all of them who are complete they're just lieutenants. They just do what they're told. They're all compromised. You know, the Leahys and the Feinsteins and all the rest of them. You know the Swalwells, and then oh, you have yeah, the, the, the true believers like Michael McFall, and and all the fucking rampant neocons and the U Ukrainian diaspora, like um, Victoria Newland. Like you got all those people; those sure. are all shock troops for Davos. Yeah, no, I agree. Actually, oh, I do agree with that part for sure. The the rest, I I need to process more before I sign on fully. But it is a sure. fascinating Keep, concept for dude, sure. I, I have done so many hours on this. No, I believe you. I, no, I, I know. It's I know. obvious I, that you've researched it thoroughly. I, it's just, for me, I, I need a little time. I, just, I watched it unfold in real time. Right. And then I could just see the headlines come up. And every time I saw another headline, another big turning point. That's why Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema were able to stand up to build back better. Because Jamie Dimon and John Solomon and the rest of Wall Street were standing up going, don't worry about it. They're not going to kill oh your kids. Oh, my God. They're not going to kill is... your kids. They don't have any control over you whatsoever. You're going to vote this down. You're going to defy... That you're it's the only way it happens. That's incredible. That they're standing behind them. Yeah, no, that that does that certainly does. The most powerful track. political lobby in the world is the U.S. commercial banking system centered in New York. Yeah, yeah. As a, so, as my as my good friend and partner Dexter White said to me one one day in a completely different context, right after, um, like I was right around Labor Day or whatever, he just looked at me and said, "As he said, dude, the the Hamptons still matter." Yeah, These guys shit. came back from the Hamptons from their summer vacation. They looked at the structure of the market. And they went, "Fuck this!" And they do what they do every year. They look at the markets and they go, "Fuck these people!" And they, you know, and they start, they start changing. The, they start reallocating capital. And right now, what we're dealing with is is the we're watching various tranches of the market go through the five stages of grief through the Kubel Ross model. And too many people are still stuck at denial. They haven't gotten to anger acceptance bargain Davos is at the bargaining stage mm. okay and the and the anger stage anger sure. slash bargaining right but they're bargaining right now get get the UN to come out and you know all that shit no no, no. they haven't accepted it yet but they're going to accept it and if they and if they don't accept it this is the problem and while all this sounds great what's their what's their next move if they're cornered I don't know. An don't MI6, know what you... an MI6 inspired uh, false flag. False flag to get us in there. Get us involved in a fucking world war because Jesus now they need the Christ. war spending 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. To blackmail the Fed to get them to go back to the zero bound, just do QE again, and win. Well, that's that's a fascinating, um, you know, two tracks. It basically, you have one world, you have World War Three on one side, and the other side is right. a deflationary depression because right. the Fed does what's necessary to defend the dollar. I think the Fed has some has more room. I mean, obviously, like at the beginning of the year, everybody said the same thing. Oh, the Fed can't go past one percent. It would be it would blow the budget out. They'd have to everybody. I mean, everybody. People I respect, Luke Groman. Yep. People I don't respect, Peter Schiff. Like <laughs> I can go down. I can go down the line. They all said the same thing, and I'm like, nope. They're going to go higher than that. My base case at the beginning of the year, tentatively, was that the Fed was going to do its its planned seven twenty-five basis point rate hikes. That's fucking. And they did one. Then nuts. Powell got reconfirmed. 50 basis points, 75, 75, right. 75, 75. So can, I mean, they cannot, based off of my calculations, they can't afford the, the interest rate, the, the interest payments on our national debt for an extended period of time. If they rack it at, you know, 10% or something crazy. Well, like I that. mean, if, unless you've got a GOP Congress that's willing to go in and, and a MAGA style GOP Congress that's willing to go in and cut, cut spending by 10%. So I guess DeSantis probably. It's not going to be Trump. No, I don't think so either. I mean, well, I mean, it won't be Trump. Trump will want to spend money. We'll want to do, we'll want to do the same thing he did the last right. time because Trump is a shitbag, a property developer from New York who loves debt. Yeah, he well, grow his way out. Grow his way out. We, we're not. We're well past that point. No, no, um, I totally. Agree. What would have to happen here is, um, the, I mean, the U.S. has a lot of still has a lot of options. It's not going to be easy. Where it's going to it's going to suck. We're going to say he's going to send the dollar index to one hundred and fifty. Fuck. Okay. The euro is going to go to 59 cents. Double fuck. <laughs> oh, it's going to be. No, 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 no. That's actually brilliant because all that capital that's in Europe is going to come here. That's yeah. why the dollar is going to go to 150. No, but I know. I'm, I'm probably just... going to get us a war. Whether it's a nuclear war or not is a different story. It's right. all really ugly. But the reality is, is that the European Union um, enters a enters enters its terminal phase if the fed is not if the fed isn't stopped and you don't want the fed to be stopped at this point you want for humanity's sake the fed has the key to the candy store to keep us from getting from being involved in the kind of world war that humanity doesn't come back from wow that is fucking an incredible argument to come from a libertarian but i completely respect uh, the due diligence you've put into, uh, you know, developing it and explaining it. So thank you so much for enlightening my audience, Tom. That was incredible. Uh, I'm not, not quite done yet. Okay. One last thing real quick. Net, nothing I said here today is the end game. It's just part one. I've been saying for, even before I did this one for years, I've been saying guys, yeah, here in the United States, we have a lot of problems we have to fix. The dollar does have to fall. We do have to get rid of the Fed. We ha do have to get back to rational commercial banking. I would be happy to replace that with gold and Bitcoin and, you know, all their... Uh, yeah, absolutely. Order of operations matters. The order in which these things fail is important. Yeah, if you want to be right 40 years from now, 50, 60, 70 years from now, great. Sure. Stack some sats, stack some gold. Pass it on to your children and muddle. Just chill. <laughs> yeah. And chill. Have fun. 
Buy all the cigars you can afford. Buy the whiskey. Sit on the <laughs> sit on the lawn. Make sure you have a back a pair of sunglasses and some S and some F, SPF fifty thousand. <laughs> but if you don't, but our goal, our job, at least my job, certainly as a newsletter punter, right? And a guy trying to give people actionable information because that's all I hear from my my patrons. That's all I heard from my patrons for years. Was look, it's important that I give you the order of operations because then you can know if this is the trade today, right? That's right. the trade tomorrow. That's yeah. the trade the next day. That's the trade the next day. And you, at the end of this, wind up with the kind of capital and the kind of money that will help us rebuild the world after they destroy it. Bingo. Yep. But if you don't, if you just listen, if you just tune out. And drop dead and just say, I'm going to stack gold because I'm right because gold is right. Well, great. But you're not going to, you'll make three extra money. But how about making 300 extra money? Yeah, no, for real. the guys rebuild the world. Exactly. No, I, I, I've been, I was advising in December of 21. So 10, 10, 11 months ago, mm-hmm. I said that the best investment right now is cash. And absolutely. As a, as a libertarian, everyone was like, you're fucking out of your mind. And I was like, look, no, I'm just telling you. It's a dollar you. bull market. Get over yourself. Exactly. Exactly right. Well. Yeah. Oh, that's exactly it. I, I mean, and you could see it as clear as day on the monthly chart of the USDX. Yeah. Even the quarter, and then the quarterly chart. And then they both just, they just both threw fucking massive bullish candles. I'm like, and we're supposed to ignore this? Yeah. No, you, I mean, you and I came to it from slightly different, sure. uh, you know, groundwork, but it, it your your thesis adds a lot of additional i don't know weight weight to how it might play out longer term because i i had a different thesis moving forward but this is all super fascinating please tell people where they can follow you man because i'm sure people are going to want to learn a lot more so you can follow me on my blog over tomluongo.me you can follow me on you can follow me on twitter at tfl1728 uh yeah somehow i'm still there <laughs> incredible i know <laughs> I, the fact the fact that I'm still on Twitter, I guess, is prima facie evidence to some people that I'm actually a Russian bot or I'm actually a Davos troll. But I'm not. Um, and no, then you're, you're being paid by the Federal Reserve to propagate uh, yeah, libertarians. I'm being, paid, I'm being paid by JP uh, by, by by Jamie Dimon and Vladimir Putin at the same time. Hey, me too. Don't don't feel bad. Um, and um, and then of course, I, I you know from the blog, there's a podcast which is very, which is at this point sometimes is very frequent and other times isn't. But all of that's at the blog, and then of course the Patreon, which is Patreon slash Gold Goats and Guns, where I do a lot of private work um, for my patrons behind the paywall. Some of those things become pu- public articles uh, that you see on Zero Hedge and whatnot. Um, and unfortunately, I don't have as much time to write as I would like to in the past. But like it is what it is. And then all the media appearances actually show up on the Patreon. Um, nice. feed publicly so if anybody just wants to follow me on patreon if you you know can't get enough of me screaming and cursing into a microphone and blowing cigar smoke in your face then you know have at but that's where we are but <laughs> you know for 12 dollars a month we do we do a, a monthly investment newsletter uh with a full portfolio and uh all original material it's about 12 pages well just and, just uh, for the uh the counter argument to my prior thesis uh, i i'd probably be signing up myself so thank you so much for your time tom if anybody wants to support my work go to libertylockdown.locals.com um and always if and as always if you'd like to share the show that's the best way to uh, get the word out there thank you guys we're out for those of you that aren't aware i do this as a video version podcast and needless to say tom luongo is entirely too based for youtube <laughs> So if you are wondering why you didn't see this episode on YouTube, I did live stream it there and then I immediately deleted it because we talked about every single thing you're not allowed to. So I hope you enjoyed it. 
I certainly did. But if you'd like to watch the video version, I just wanted to let you guys know I am uploading it to my locals. You can go to libertylockdown.locals.com. I am updating it to my Rockfin. I am updating it to my Odyssey. I am updating it and uploading it to my Rumble. Is that enough? Do you need more? Goodness gracious, you guys are greedy. Uploading it everywhere for you. Uh, I just wanted to thank you guys once more for the five-star reviews that you're leaving. We got five more tremendous just support backup. You guys are the best. Late Larry, number one, says five stars. This is me scratching your back. Well, thank you. Late Larry, I need my back scratched. And this is me scratching yours by reading it back to you. Spartacus Diablo says five stars. This is a mess. If you've gotten this far, you know that things are a mess. Liberty is being trampled, and the economy is in a death spiral. Oh, yeah, and nuclear war is peeking in through the back window. Clint does a fantastic job laying out the details of these things and more in a way that even a dunce like me can understand. The show is well worth subscribing to. Keep spitting the truth, man. The world needs you. Well, thank you. It's hard to imagine the world needing me, but I'll take it. Ben DeJong says, one of the very best voices for Liberty out. Uh, oh, out there. Thank you, Ben. Really appreciate that, man. I recognize your name. I might know you. I don't know. Sovereign Sandy, or probably just from Twitter. <laughs> Sovereign Sandy says, critical info. My favorite podcast, it drops sometimes painful but necessary truth bombs in every episode about politics, the economy, the COVID pandemic response, ESG, and current events from a libertarian perspective. The host, Clint Russell, is intelligent, passionate, sincere, and trustworthy. Everyone would benefit from listening to this podcast. Well, thank you so much, Sovereign Sandy. You are indeed a sovereign soul. Raptor Two Extreme says Liberty and Freedom. As a fellow podcaster at WFreedomNexus.com, if anyone wants to go check them out, I appreciate the candidness of the topics brought up. And while I don't always agree with all the people and topics, it is good to hear alternate positions. Highly recommend episodes 154 with Andrew of Nomad Capitalist. I agree. Great episode, especially if you're interested in becoming an expatriate. Thank you guys. It's just awesome. It's just freaking awesome. Oh, by the way, I wanted to say, if you guys want to you know, go the extra mile in supporting me, if there's any other bigger podcasts out there that you want me to be a guest on, just start bothering them. Like, if you watch a regular stream for, hey, Ben Shapiro, who I kind of took a crap on today, or Glenn Beck, I've been told that he is aware of me, and he's considering having me on, so if you guys want to, you know, put a little fucking pep in his step, see if you can make it happen, or... Whoever, whoever, just uh, anyone you want to see me on with, just in their chat. If you got their email, shoot them an email, say, hey, this guy, you need him. Thank you guys so much for supporting the show as always, libertylockdown.locals.com. I will catch you in a couple days. You're the best. We're out. Big shout out to everybody that's been with me since Jump Street. Appreciate y'all. Welcome to Liberty Lockdown, please scan your barcode Your liberty ain't gone, but yeah, it's on hold Where did it come from and where did it go? It requires a fight, not tweet from your phone Don't need a king, get him off the fucking throne If you're riding with the thought, you've always got a home The virus is scared of, will come and it'll go The government knows, just don't get treated like a hoe Like Nico and Shane, you're probably wondering what's happening Scared Hollywood left these lyrical feppening A typo with Luke might bring them nooses We all bite the bullet, I'm the king of the gooses Freckles and Brit, didn't know I could spit Knew I was a patriot, but now I'm the shit 
Peter Quinones Invite me on Which podcaster sends custom songs Part of the problem Now I stand with the people Dave showed the way But I am unequal Lions of Liberty Now hear me roar Beat running out But I got a bit more Robbie the fire Always running his mouth But I made him a sandwich Now I'm man of the house The malice for Nick But you're welcome to quit A win over BLM With a fire I spit Friends against government Just call us fags Copy the Cairo Put mummies in the bag Liable opinions Get thrown on the ground Silky's Mouton Was the only sound Getting so hot Must be air July Screaming in the mic A rip of 59 Miles to ratio That black guns matter Now all these lefties Got crazy small bladders None of us wanted war But we're ready You know I be bopping And rock steady Liberty lockdown Please scan your barcode Your liberty ain't gone But yeah it's on hold Where did it come from And where did it go It requires a fight Not tweeting from your phone Don't need a king Get him off the fucking throne If you're riding with the thought You've always got a home The virus is scared of Will come and it'll go The government knows Just don't get treated like a hoe